I mean, Legion and all of them are okay, I guess. Not as cool as gold balls, but <laughs> fuck, fuck you and your gold balls. Listen, I mean, gold balls, gold balls is the shit. You made me really upset when I read that. The FX show Legion is, I think, is a much more uh, palpable representation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Scott Riley. I story master this party. Start intro with Logan. Uh, hey, everybody. We're going to take it up to Isby. Hello. And Sabine. It's a good day for drinking. Uh, Eugene. It smells terrible in here. It does. Einar? I smell great. <laughs> Press the digitation. Osmit? My money is on Logan Gurning, stuck in the ooze. And last but not least, Count Chesterfield. I second that bet. Feel like there's a little bias, anyways. So, I, oh, good. Does, does it count if I want to be in the ooze? If you want to be in the ooze, you can be in the ooze. Oh, thank God! If that's where you want to be, bud. That's where I I've always wanted to be. All right. So, a little exposition as you guys make your way through the first tunnel. of the Night Vale sewers, you walk on these raised paths to really take in the scenery. The tunnels are different in size depending on where you guys traverse, and many of the walls are punctuated with drains covered in iron bars. Refuse is piling up in them, in them as periodically very murky water washes out of them. Things that you notice as you continue down the hallways are bones and the personal effects of people. Looks like sometimes it's a bad escape route to come down this way. Uh, the depth of the water fluctuates as you continue to travel down these hallways from about half calf, half calf to waist height in some areas. And many of the tunnel walls hold cracks that let out small whispers of air every now and then. The only other odd thing you take of note as you get closer to your destination is that occasionally overhead in the center of the tunnels are large metallic racks with hooks on them. And they also seem to have cloth that has been torn and sundered hanging off of them. And that's where we'll pick it up. You're starting to near your destination. And I put a map in the Discord. You guys want to warm up with this little bit of light RP? Let's say you've been traveling in the sewers for about 30 minutes. All right, I'm going to take my spear out and use the butt of it to go out in front of the party and just, like, poke through the waters to make sure, you know, to look out for deeper places and ledges uh, and try to avoid them from, you know, falling in. So you do this, but you're fairly confident as you do it that the one thing that you can say is consistent about the sewers is that the flatbed of the tunnels is very well maintained. The water fluctuates due to the influx of water coming through the drains, which you have to periodically dodge. But overall, there doesn't seem to be sharp changes in the groundwork. You all see Logan do this. Your night vision? Yeah. 
You mean dark? I'm not all for it. Yeah, dark vision. Yeah, you got it. Same shit, different smell, bud. Look, let's not argue about shit down here. Uh, and then uh, I'll just keep moving forward. Okay. So keep on swimming, keep on swimming. As you reach the next, let's call it T section in the sewers, you notice a closed portocollis on your right and a somewhat dark and dreary tunnel to your left. You get a really cold chill, Logan, as you cross the opening between the two pathways. And Oz and Isby, you all hear just the slightest bit of humming and the ting of a shovel coming from down that hallway, but it's not towards your destination. And it's far enough away where nobody looking down there would see anything with their dark vision. Same thing here, Grape. Hear what? Grape? The Gravekeeper. Oh. Do you want to check it out, Is? It could be your friend, Tomba. I mean, but what if it's not? What if it's just. Yes, sir. You also have knowledge. Leave that up to the decision, that decision up to you, Is. Go see if it's helpful here. Yeah. We should make a decision fast, or it'll be made for us. Uh, I say we keep going towards the door. I say the door. Whatever gets me out of this festering pool of shite, that's the way I want to go. Here, Eugene, Isby, and. Sabine, I'll hand you all a greater healing potion. Thanks. So Sabine looks the bottle and kind of inspects it, sees that it's not booze, and shrugs her shoulders and puts it in her pocket. <laughs> It'll make you feel better so you can keep drinking booze. You're a good one, Oz. Logan and Eugene make me wisdom saving throws as you feel a tendril Prick the back of your consciousness. Five. All right. Okay. 20, soft. Soft 20? Yeah, last and 20. Okay. Logan, this shadow-like tentacle really reaches into your mind, and it takes something from you, a memory. You're not sure what, but something really got to you. And oh. Eugene, you kind of catch this thing's hand in the cookie jar, if you will, as it's starting to peer through your mind. You recognize this kind of magic as detect thoughts. And for whatever reason, you're thinking, like, it triggers you to think about Sylvia at this point as the tendril lashes out and sneaks away amorphously or, you know, like a shadow through the tunnel. But not through the one that you're looking for. It's further down, closer to the door. Uh, everybody, um, something's trying to get in our heads. What? I don't feel nothing. Uh, I was trying to remember something, but let's just keep heading towards the stupid door. Uh, I kind of okay. get it now. It's probably the smell. I've always got one of those boys. 
Don't worry about it. That's a hangover. This is different. <laughs> um, so I'm going to... Let me see what I have. Uh, I would like to read the scroll of sea invisibility. Okay. You unfurl the scroll. You recite its incantation. And the runes on it glow purple before the paper disappears in a little embery show of fire. And your eyes are enhanced to see invisibility and all creatures that are hidden in shadow. And you don't see anything in the hallway in front of you or towards the left of you, Osmond, for the depth of your vision. And I am going to, uh, as I'm walking, take out my bottle of ink and write the word Sylvia on my hand. Okay, that happens. Keep track of that. Okay. Yep. So you guys continue to the door at this point, or do you want to discuss that further? You see Osmond read this incantation off of a scroll, his eyes glow purple, and Eugene is scrawling on his hand. Um, I'm going to reach down to my belt. I'm going to pull off the beverage from my armor and I'm going to stick it in place around my mouth. Okay. You know, I'm going to keep heading for the door. I'll follow Logan. All right. So the rest of the party continues down the next hallway straight, and nothing really changes. The scenery is similar to as I described. As you get to the next T section, right before you do, I need, let's see. I need Einar and Sabine to make a wisdom saving throw. Fifteen. Fifteen? Okay. Seventeen. So, Sabine... Again, something strange, like a hook, digs into the back of your skull. You feel it reach in past your helmet and past your you know, skull plating and reach into your brain, and it plucks something out. You can't remember what it was, but you know that something got taken from you. And Einar, you feel the same thing, but you are able to dismiss it or push it out before it actually holds on to the memory it was stealing from you, and... You recall that it's a memory of your son. For whatever reason, you are starting to think about your son. Which one? The oldest one that was going to take your place when you went on your long walk. That was an excellent question. You all make it to this T-section. And on your right is the hallway that Oz has drawn on his map that will probably lead you to the door. And on your left is... A similar tunnel way to the previous one, but this one has steam coming out of it. A significant amount of steam. It also smells strange. You can smell sulfur. And the thing that is going to pique people's interest are... Logan, it's been a long time since you've heard the voice, but you hear it now. You remember the voice nevertheless. Gruel is yelling at someone down that hallway. And you, let me look at my table. Eugene, Eugene, you swear you hear Sylvia's voice as if they're, she's arguing with some half-orc or some creature with a deep voice that has tusks. Nobody else hears this. Uh, which hallway is it? 
So if we look at the map, it'll be the one on your left. It's this one that has steam rising out of it. And Osmit, you don't see anything with your sea invisibility. Gotcha. So mechanical question. To check against an illusion, I need a physical interaction with it, right? I can't do it. You can inspect it. You can make an investigation check. Yeah, you can inspect it. All right, so I'm going to do that. Okay, roll for it. That guy owes me a shirt. Uh, but we're on a mission, so I'll find him later. 28. It looks like steam. In fact, as you investigate it, wisps of it hit your nostrils, and you can feel the condensation of the hot air on your nose. Do you have, like, a caterpillar mustache, or are you clean-shaven, Eugene? I'm clean-shaven. I was, I was going for um, the for Sylvia's voice. Yeah, no, uh, I'm aware that, oh, you so you want to know if the, the voice was an illusion, not the steam. Correct. Nope, the voice, it, from what you can tell, is not an illusory effect of magic, but a real person's voice. Whether or not it's actually Sylvia's, you can't determine, but it sounds like her, and it's not magic. Mm, okay. Guys, I think I, did any of you just hear Sylvia down that way? No, but it sounded like an acquaintance. Uh, he stole my shirt back in the day when I first came here. Sabine, it's driving you crazy, but I assume it would drive you crazy, but you think both of them are wrong as you hear Creek Battle Barrel, your commanding officer, talking about drinking with his buddies down in the tunnel. I hear you, Clyde. Oh, but is it really necessary? Straight in my what do you mean, is it necessary? I'm Creed, you say she smacked you in your fanny. Of course it's necessary. Boys, girls, I hear the Golden Company. I'm telling you, they're down there, they're having a good time. Let's go find them. There's, there's not a dwarven gang of friends down there, Sabine. The Golden Company has shown up in stranger places, trust me. I'm telling you. Well, I don't disregard that. I feel as though this is all a bit too coincidental, don't you think? No, I think it's not my strong suit. Drinking, on the other hand, which is happening down there, I hear it firsthand. That's... that's I feel like we have a task to accomplish right now, though. We also have a cast. Feel free to crack it open. Einar, at this point, you swear that you hear your son talking about the state of the village to no one in particular. You know what, I'm going to go with Isby on this. I just heard, I heard my son's voice. There's no way he'd be down here. Then it's some sort of trap. So then the option becomes... Go ahead, Isby. Oh, I was just saying, yes, this sounds exactly like a trap. So then we either do the good Good Samaritan thing and get rid of it for others, or... Just go ahead with what we came here to do. I want to be honest, it's kind of pissing me off, so yeah. I hear most things do. I, I'm torn. I am looking for Sylvia, and she may be down here. Well, ma'am, did you tell us that she was being held in a specific location? Uh, I believe like I believe you guys... Uh... uh 
So you... I remember her being behind a door because you have a key. Yeah, and the and the Crimson Corvette's den, which probably... This wouldn't be, be it. It's probably through that door. It's a good point. I'm letting my emotions get the best of me. So if you guys think we should... I could go either way. Knowing that Sylvia isn't down there, I'd be fine with, or we can move on. Isby, Oz, you guys suddenly get this overwhelming waft of sulfur. It seems to be coming from all directions. Also, oh. that's never good. Oh, what is that? It smells like eggs, but it's not. I'm going to go ahead and crack Divine Sense. Okay. That's Celestials, Fiends, Demons, Undead? Yes. So you scan the entirety of your vision. You do a 360-degree swivel, making sure that nothing's behind you. Nothing's coming from where you came. Nothing's behind you. Nothing's to your left or right. You don't pick up any sense of any of those types. Does anything else look out of place? It's weird to see steam in a sewer pipe without any logical source of heat. I mean, the smell of sulfur coming up abruptly when you've been in the sewers for half an hour also seems a bit off. But other than that, the scenery looks as you would think a very dank, dis uh, depressing sewer would look like. Um... Let's head towards the door. This thing obviously wants us to lure, it, lure us there. If we walk away from it. Logan, for what it's worth, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm trying a new outlook on life. So, as Oz provides that compliment to Logan, Eugene, you're the first to notice it. But Sylvia is just barely breaking through the steam. You can see her crying with tears. And you just see her mouth the words, help me, as her face disappears into the steam. Uh, how far away am I from the steam? Uh, within your movement, 30 feet. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh... like that. Guys, I saw her. I think we should go. And I'm going to start walking that way towards the steam. I will look for you if you really have to know. We were, oh, Remember those black ooze walls? I think, I think we should go as a group if we're going to go. And I, I, I just saw her. Um, I could send an eyeball over. We don't have to go. Ooh, nifty. Okay. Well, is the steam too thick? Does it completely penetrate the area? No. Well, from what you can see, it is dissipating at a rate where you can see things further in the tunnel. Like, every now and then you catch the glimpse of a wall, or every now and then you see some of the sludge making its way past where what there was steam. Okay. Think of it like rolling fog. It comes in waves. Okay, so there are times when it's not heavy obscurity. Correct. 
then yeah, I wouldn't mind. So, what's your spell? I'll, I'll cast Arcane Eye and begin to send it that way. All right, Arcane Eye uh, has in, in the air, roughly as high up as I can go. Okay, what's the distance on Arcane Eye? Uh, I can send it. It just goes. It lasts for ten minutes. I could send it wherever I want. Okay. So, after about uh ten, what's the? I guess the movement would be thirty feet around. Uh, yeah, it moves thirty feet. Has normal and dark vision. I can move it up to thirty feet in any direction. There's no limit, and it's concentration up to an hour. I apologize. There you go. And it can move. It can move through any uh solid barrier as long as there is at least one inch space anywhere on it. Okay. So, oh yeah, so it like squeezes through anything. Got it. So you send it almost right through the center height of this tunnel. And after about 15 seconds, your eye, you can see through it, right? Sorry. Yeah. Your eye comes across a very peculiar scene for, in fact, it is a four, four-way argument between two half-orcs and a small girl and a dwarf that represents or that has the golden company seal on it and they all seem to be discussing how they got there and why they need to get out please don't make me do all four voices no you're good i okay. wouldn't even hear them okay so it's visual information so i just see their lips moving uh, i know they're having a discussion from that there you go man what kind of eye doesn't let you hear boo there's two half orcs, uh, a small girl that looks like Sylvia, and a dwarf in what appears to be golden regalia. Your passive's highest passive is 19 or 18, I can't remember. 19. Please continue. Um. Okay. I'll continue to look past them down the adjacent corridors. So past them, you see a wall and the steam seems to be coming most heavily out from that wall. So look, if you look at the map, Oz, you know that at the end of this hallway is a dead end, or at least without any secret doors, traps, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. What do you think we should do, Oz? can't in full good of conscience say we just head towards the door now unfortunately but i don't see anything i'll continue to just scan through the entire corridor like inch by inch slowly through the fog if i have to as we make our way down okay is the eye invisible yes yeah that's what i thought so do me a favor and do you just want to use your passive or do you want to invent or like investigate with the eye i'll investigate if i have to yeah i'm gonna argue that the steam is getting thick it is not obscuring the vision but it is making it difficult that's fair it's just something's not right and i just want to know what it is yeah you got it and i will roll okay uh so that was Investigation, I don't have flat intelligence, so plus one. So 15. 15? 
your eye does a quick circle and and watches them argue. You notice something interesting as you all start moving towards this argument. Everybody can start to hear it now. It's not in individuals' heads anymore. Everybody hears four distinct voices discussing a bit of a heated discussion about how to get out of there. And Oz, as you're about 15 feet away from your eye before you come to a clearing, you notice that all of them keep turning as if whenever your eye tries to get behind one of them, they continue to turn to face a different direction. And you're intelligent enough to pick up on this pattern. Uh, hold up. Oh, they have this might sound weird, but they're not attempting to show me their backside and they're privy to me looking at them. So what do you think it is? I'm just going to give Logan the biggest shrug I've ever done. Cool. I, I think it's not them, which is the important part. Do you think it needs to die? That's what I said if you wanted to do the Good Samaritan thing. I kind of do. Well, at least you know you don't have to hold back now, no matter what you hear. So keep that in mind. Excellent. Uh, DM, how far away from the fog am I? So you guys are halfway through the tunnel. Oz knows that you're about 15 feet from the four arguing in the sewage. Uh, cool. Eugene Isby, did you guys want to do anything from a distance before you had to worry about harming any of us before we close in? I can chuck a fireball down there if you want. I'll just wink at Eugene. Uh, I can uh, go ice knife down there. Everything helps. So as you guys are discussing this, Oz and Isby, you hear what is somehow a unique sound of squishing and sludge next to everybody. And it sounds like it's coming from the walls. Like right next to you guys. Eyes? Yeah. Sound. What sound? I would like to drop Arcane Eye for Spiritual Weapon. Okay. Spiritual Weapon comes up. Remind me what it looks like again. It is a large, almost uh, kind of full metal alchemist transmutation circle that's bent to be like a force shield. I love it. Uh, I'll draw my spear and my shield. Actually, I'm going to take my javelin out. Uh, my javelin of lightning. Okay. And I can... Oz has pretty much pointed out where there's, where the, the group was, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to chuck it. Okay. Give me a blind chuck. Throw a... Uh... I won't say disadvantage because Oz pointed at where they are and there's four of them, so... There's a high likelihood you're gonna get one of them. So go ahead and roll normal. I'm gonna I'm gonna reckless it. Yeah. Now get advantage. Follow me. Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two hits. Go ahead. 
Hell yeah. I'm bad at it. Yeah, so that's okay. So as you chuck the spear, uh, I need everybody else to give me their ACs. As I roll some DCs. 17. Uh, 24 damage. 24? All right. So yep. let me write that down. And whoever's in that line takes it. So. Yep. Uh, 18. Yep. Easy. Uh, 20. 20. 13. Einar, Sabine, what are you guys at? 18. 18? 17. 17? Okay. So, let me, let me write this damage down. The best part about doing a podcast is... I can edit this all out. Get the damage. And no one. So, we'll just write this down now and I'll explain. Eugene, you take eight damage. That is for the purposes of resistance. You take five bludgeoning and three psychic damage. Sabine, you take ten and it's uh, seven and three. Uh, seven bludgeoning, three psychic damage. Einar, you take five, three bludgeoning, two psychic. And Isby, you take six bludgeoning, two psychic. As Logan chucks the spear down the steamed hallway, the lightning arcs and breaks the steam away. You notice Sylvia and what seems to be a half-orc only Einar recognizes melt as... Or basically pop like red jello as the the javelin, that's the word, as the javelin pierces through them and penetrates the wall behind them. They get out a brief scream before they melt into puddles on the ground. And that's when you all see them at your feet. Small bubbling piles of red jelly clenching to your legs and sticking tendrils into them, digging into not only your muscle but also your minds. And let's roll initiative. <laughs> ah, I love it. So you guys count 10 of these little jellies, and the most horrific thing that you see is at the back of the hallway with two other humanoid creatures. You have Krieg Battle Barrel from the Golden Company and Gruel, which Logan will recognize as a half-orc that works for the Thieves' Guild. Behind the two of them, as they're having a hard time holding their shape, you see a much larger pile of red jello with faces periodically reaching to the surface, looking at you, and then disappearing deeper into the jello. All right, so... was a good roll for the big guy, but the babies are all going to go fucking last. All right. Initiatives? Two. Okay. 21. <laughs> fucking barbarian. You get advantage. Yeah, you do. 14. 
Also 14. Okay. Eugene, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, so I got Oz at 14, but he's going to let Eugene go first. Yep. Okay. Uh, Sabine got a 15. All right. Uh, and she'll be back. Until she gets back, I will be running her turn. Okay, I expect you to talk in her voice, too. You go up, it. All right. Isby? 11. 11? All right, so I've got Logan at 21, Sabine at 15, Eugene Oz at 14, Isby at 11, and Einar at 2. So, Logan, you're the first to act as you see these two piles of what were humanoids turn into jelly. And around your feet and everybody else's feet in the party are two, are a pair of these small red piles of pudding jello that is semi-clear. Ah, excellent. I would like to stab at it. Okay, so you're going to stab at one of them in front of you? Uh, yes. Go ahead and roll. Uh, reckless? Yeah. Uh, bonus action rage? Of course. Uh, 23? That does hit. Sorry, I gotta get my dice together. You're good. We got we got plenty of time. The other one I switched it up. Fucking put different dice different places. So oh fuck yeah. That was max damage on both dice. Okay, so what do we got for damage? Uh so eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 15 uh, piercing okay, and 4 lightning. So you just jam lightning lock straight into the one that's sucking on your calf and lightning arcs like the, the tip of your spear digs deep into it. You're sticking it into jello basically. Lightning arcs through it and it catches fire and then disintegrates and falls into the liquid. So you've killed one. Cool. I'd like to move and hit the next one. So there's one on your other calf. Would you like to provoke an attack of opportunity? Oh, I didn't know it was on my other there. calf. I thought you do not Good. have to move. Yep, yeah, that's fine. I will uh, attack the other one. Okay, go ahead and roll. Yep. Uh, 18. That does hit. Six. 11, 12, 13. Hold on, I gotta make sure my damage didn't go up as a barbarian. Yeah. My rate. It should be at plus three now, right? It is, yes. Yeah. 14 damage piercing. Yep. Um, and then one lightning. Okay. The second one looks very worse for wear as you stab it. The lightning does everything but catch it on fire. It wriggles and shivers on your calf, but it is not dead. Cool. I needed to make a dexterity saving throw. You got it. Nine. Uh, fails. Okay. Damage. Uh, are we? We're still level nine, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, eight. So the lightning that comes off of your shoulder 
curves down like a hook and finishes the job. And that one singes the, or sizzles as it falls into the muck. Cool. Uh, I'll look around and say, remember, good Samaritans. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that'll be my turn. All right, next on the initiative is Big Ooze. So you notice this, you re- you recognize Oz as the Big Ooze moves towards the group or the main party, that the two humanoid appendages of the Ooze, the reason that they didn't turn their back to you is they have this slimy, somewhat like an umbilical cord attached to the base of each of their spines. And so they move with the Ooze and it comes up And does a tendril hit towards you, Osmit. It kind of centers itself in front of, or in the middle of everybody. Makes sense. 18 to hit? Yeah, you have my AC. It's 15. I do. I did write it down. I should pay attention to that. So that is 2d4. Rip. And 1d6. So, Oz, you'll take 12 points of damage, uh, 4 bludgeoning, and 8 psychic damage as one of these large, red, glowing, clear tentacles comes up and just swaths you across the jaw. You can feel psychic force hitting you in the face. Like a good old auntie slap. <laughs> Next, it reaches out one tendril and tries to burrow into the back of your skull, Eugene. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw as the tendril passes through all of your armor and seems to dig in under your skin. All right. 24. Okay, you save. You'll take half. Here is my there it is. Didn't realize this episode would be so arousing. Right? Tentacle tentacle stuff. <laughs> You'll take twelve da- psychic damage as the tendril as you reach back and grab the physical part of the tendril and rip it out of your skull. Okay. I wanna see it doesn't say if it, it says the target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. It becomes memory drained until it finishes a short rest or gets greater restoration. So you are under the effects now, Eugene, of we're going to call this a memory drain mechanic. Every time you make an ability check or an attack roll until your next long rest, you will roll a d4 and subtract the d4 from it. Okay. Okay. So we move down on the initiative to Sabine. Oh, hi, it's me, Sabine. Uh, do I have, uh, do I have... You have two, uh, two small red oozes on you. I jelly's on my legs. I'm going to... 
Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Sabine's going to attack them. How close is she to the the big ooze? So it centered itself in the middle of the party, so everybody technically can take a swing at it. Excellent. Uh, Sabine is gonna turn and start swinging away at the big one. Okay. She doesn't like the big one. First attack, she's going to bring out Nasher, her big her big hammer. Is it the axe or the hammer? <laughs> yeah. Never mind. We're going to swing. Uh, Twenty-five. Twenty-five hits. Cool. Uh, then that's a d12. That's not a great roll. But it's not a one or two, so it is what it is. Uh, eight damage for the first strike. Yep, that hits. Uh, then she's going to swing again. Uh, Fifteen. Uh, does not hit. Damn. Uh... I guess that's all she's got, really. Okay. So. Uh, wait, hold on. Babe, you want to action surge? <laughs> that's all she's got. Okay. So you guys hear Sabine yell, I don't like magic. And she starts cleaving at this giant ooze in the center of you. Every time a face pops up, kind of like a pimple, she just cleaves it off. But. After the first swing, she gets a bit tired, and her swings are too slow to actually hit it. Next is Eugene. All right. Um, about how much space is there between us and the oozes? You said it's in the middle. So the big ooze is in the middle. Pretend, if you will. Yeah. I took the liberty of assuming you guys you know, spread out a little bit when you knew you were under attack and formed a circle with your backs to each other. And so it has made its way in between all of you by swimming under the sludge. And everybody, except for Logan, has two mini oozes attached to their calves, what seem to be draining not only your physical stamina, but also your mental stamina. So you have two on your legs, and then the one that you could literally turn around and whack it. Okay, and how high is the ceiling from where we are? 15 feet. All right, so I'm going to do a wall of fire circle around the ooze. So the big one. Wall of fire is a straight line, right? A uh, wall of fire or a circle up to 20 feet in diameter. Oh, so you can just choose to make it a five-foot circle? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, you make this pillar of flame in the center of everybody. It's a deck saving throw? Uh, yep. Natural 20. All right, so, yeah, that that beats. Yep. So you, you still get half damage. Yep, half damage. So. Uh. So that's a uh, 12 fire damage. So, Eugene, you notice as this pillar of flame shoots out, the thing writhes in agony and squirms. You can feel the mental fluctuations in the air from it being burned. 
All right, uh, and I'm I'm concentrating on the spell to sustain it. Okay. Uh, and I will move uh, about ten feet away from it. Uh, it will. It and the two on your legs will attempt to do attacks of opportunity. You want to move away? Nope. Okay. Cool. Thought the fire might dissuade them from doing that. Uh, I'm not aware of any mechanic that would stop it from getting a reaction. So. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So I'll stay where I am. Cool. Next on the initiative is Osmit. I will cast Spirit Guardians. Yeah, 15 feet? Yep. Anything inside of it takes damage? Wisdom save. Wisdom save, okay. So that'd be the two on you, and let's say Logan and Eugene are next to you, so six of them will make wisdom saves, including the big boy. So I got a 19, a 16, a 15... Two fives. Is the only one that passes if you're going down. Yep. So uh, the big guy passes and all the little ones fail. How much radiant damage? takes seven and the little ones take 15. Okay. Uh, radiant damage for the purpose of typing. Yep. 15 on them. Cool. So again, these spiritual guardians circle around you, Oz, and radiant bolts of energy just start flying. It's a fireworks show in this small tunnel in the Nightvale sewers. They are bright blue storybook nights. Oh, that's right. I love that. And then for my bonus, uh, since I have spiritual weapon up, going to attempt to... Are the ones on my legs still alive? Yep. They are looking pretty bad. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I'll smack the big one. Alright. Give the big one a hit. That will be... 16 to hit. That meets. For 8 points of force damage. So again, this shield just comes down and starts making divots in this large gelatinous ooze. And you can tell that it's having trouble writing itself after being bludgeoned by your shield. Alright, and then at the start of their turn, they'll need to make another wisdom save. Okay. So I'm done. Hmm? No movement, I'm good. Okay. So it is the start of their turn. They will all make wisdom saves. So the big one passes, and we'll say that two of them on Eugene pass, but the other four take the full Fourteen. Yep. Whoa. And the ones that pass take seven. Seven. Okay. So you melt all of them except for the big one. So Eugene, you are free. Uh, Logan didn't have any on him, so we'll say that Isby's free, and we'll say that Oz, you're free as well. So no jellies on you. Just sign our Sabina. Yep. And so those those will make their attacks. So both hit Einar, and one hits Sabine. So, Einar, you'll take 10 points of bludgeoning damage and 6 points of psychic damage as the two oozes on you start to run up your leg, munching a bit as they go up, and you can feel it bending pieces of your armor. 
Sabine. Sabine will take five points of bludgeoning damage and three points of psychic damage as one of them, she beats off with one of her axes, but the other one climbs up further and grabs her by the calf and starts chewing. And that will take us to Isby. I'm going out there. Yeah. So purple smoke envelopes you for just a second. And for a lot of people, you hear what is the familiar roar of a bear. But at the end, the screech of a wild bird comes out. And this giant, almost two-ton owl bear just splashes into the sewage of Nightvale. You're not big enough for the walkways. Just sorry. Or you're, so you're too, like too big for the walkways. <laughs> I spend my turn stuck trying to like squeeze through the walls. Do you want to move or? Uh, yeah. So I don't have any little guys on me. Nope. Guess I'll go for the big guy. Okay. Can you transform as a bonus action now or is that your action still? I think it's, bo- can someone confirm that for me? I think it's a bonus it- action. It would be bonus if you went circle of the moon, which you would have had to have done at level one. Yep. Or two. Yeah. Is that your circle? I can't remember, Isby. So if it's been action up to this point, it's still going to be an action. The only time it would have changed was early. I thought it was a bonus action. Or unless you have something that the DM gave you that does it. I did not. I think I did circle. I thought you did circle of dreams. Oh, you're right. Never mind. Okay. I did circle drink, so it's just an action. So you transform into this owlbear, and you're ready for an attack the next turn. Excellent. All right, Einar, you are up. Uh, Einar is sitting there struggling with his things around his ankles, swears under his breath into the helmet a couple of times, and then looks up at the big thing, pissed off as all hell, raises the head of the hammer at it. It begins to flare, and little arcs of electricity start to kiss it and touch it he says foul thing how dare you invoke my son and i do hexblade's curse okay and then i'm gonna hit it twice all right uh first one is gonna be 22 that hits second one's gonna be the important hit what was that? Does a 14 hit? A 14 does not hit. So we're doing a whopping 19 damage. And you know what? I'm going to pump it with a level 2 Divine Smite. All right, get him. So what's that, 3d8? Yep. I mean, it's a 5-foot wall. It's another 11 radiant energy. So total damage? So it was... I can't remember what the hit was. The hit was 18. So you did 29 total. Yeah. Okay. So you come down 
Sorry, that was 11. I do 28 total. 28 total. Okay. So you come down with Brand Seal's sword, arcing lightning as you do, and no matter how much these two small jellies try to bite at your legs, your strike is true, and you take off a huge chunk of it, cleaving off one of the cords and making your son's form dissipate and turn into a pile of jelly. That's it for my turn. All right. Uh, we'll go back up to the start of the initiative with uh, Logan and Logan. As you make your next attack, you notice the steam has pretty much cleared from this tunnel and all of the cracks in the tunnel start to ooze red jelly as 10 more of these small pseudopods pop up. Rad. Uh, I'm going to yell, how does Eugene look? Uh, pretty. He looks fine. Uh I'm going to yell. Can I do that in like six seconds to inform Eugene? Yeah, I would argue. Eugene, be- Eugene behind us. Uh, you see 10 more. And then I'm going to attack the big boy. Okay, go ahead. Reckless. Yep. That one of those was a D10 and not a D20. You take it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's fine. If you want me to. Uh, flash of 20. Yep, that hits. Seven piercing yep. to lightning. Yep. Dex check. Uh, no, I get another attack. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, 28. Yep, that hits. Oh, two more damage on that last one. Okay. Or three more. Yeah, give me give me one second. Yep. Onyx. All right, she's gonna have to go upstairs. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Onyx, come on. Making too much noise during the recorded podcast. Let's go. Two more damage on that last one, and you rolled 28. Go ahead, roll damage. It's three on the last one for the rage. Oh, yeah, plus three. Yeah, and then it's uh, 16 piercing, three lightning. So, again, you just start beating the ever-living shit out of this jelly as faces pop up. You find a spot for the spear to penetrate each face, and it's looking pretty rough. Cool. I need a deck save from it. 17. That passes, so they take four. Okay. And that is my go. All right, so the jelly seeing you as the primary threat, Logan, reaches up one very weary, wriggling tentacle. And... Oh, I do need a... Sorry to interrupt. I do need a wisdom save at the start of its turn. Oh, that's right. You're right. 
We will not take the rolls. We will take a 17. Uh, I rolled the devil's number and meets a beat, so it only takes eight. Okay. It is looking pretty rough. So your knights, as it reaches out with multiple tentacles, start swatting out the tentacles, but one gets by, and Logan, does a 19 hit? It does not. Okay. That last one just doesn't have the energy, and you bat it away with its spear. But, Eugene, I need you to make another wisdom saving throw, as while everybody's busy, that sing tentacle finds its way up and starts to bore into your brain. How boring. Oh, now, now I hope you fail. Hey, to oh. be fair, he is a dad. So also, he is a dad. Also, remember to take a D4 off of that. So roll and then do a D4 and subtract it. Yes, sir. Uh, it's going to be a 22. You're a wizard, right? I said wisdom saving throw. Yeah, I guess. Cleric? Yeah. But he doesn't get yeah. proficiency in it. You don't get to stack your proficiencies for your saving throws. Uh, I am... So I'm just doing it with the calculator in the app that I have, and it's saying I've got a plus six to save. So to do that, you would have to have... Like, a if you were proficient in the saving throw, you would have to have a plus three to wisdom. Which you shouldn't be proficient in the saving throw because a wizard, unless I'm incorrect, gets proficiency in intelligence and I'm going to assume a physical stat. No. Let me check. I don't think so. Oh, yeah? Does, no. does wizard get proficiency in wisdom? Yeah. Intelligence and wisdom. Are no shit. Things. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm wrong. You do get a plus six. I don't know how wizards work. So, Eugene, you'll take... 11 points of psychic damage and your memory drained again so it goes up to a d6 now oh snap all right okay. next yep. is sabine so sabine to paint the picture for you you have two red oozes on your legs but you chose in the previous round to attack the giant red ooze in the center of the company Ten more oozes have poured through the cracks in the walls, tiny ones, and Logan has yelled to Eugene to deal with them. They're behind you, closing off your escape. I thought the two oozes on her legs were gone. Mm, they're gone for Isby. Yeah, my bad. The two oozes are not on your legs anymore. Osmit took care of that. So there's the big, the big ooze in front of you, and the whole bunch of oozes in the back. And the ones around my ankles. <laughs> and the last ones are, yep. Nineteen? Hit? Yeah, you're hitting the big one? Yeah. You got it. Yeah, I told you, that's, I pulled out your great axe, so you need a d12. So, no, you get the, just that one. Eight. Eight damage? Yep. And then you get to roll another attack. And then a second. Yep. One day I'll remember this. One day. That day's not today. Ooh. Twelve? Twelve does not hit. You can action surge and attack two more timers. It's looking pretty bad. Yeah, let's, let's finish her off. All right, go ahead, roll. 
Since, you know, I'm finishing everything off anyway. Chunk rock. He said it earlier. She's oh. going to finish it off. All right, that's better. Uh, Non-net 20. Yep, go ahead and swing or hit. We call those flaccid 20s. In the I business. don't like the word flaccid. Call it a soft 20, if you will. Uh, eight. Yep, eight damage. So, you really don't like magic, Sabine. You don't. really, really don't like magic. And you've never seen something like this. You're 90% sure it's magic. So, as you cleave into one of the faces popping out of it like a pustule with your axe, you swing around over your head and you just yell, I done it like magic! And sever it in half with your giant axe. And the two halves try to reform but melt into the sewage and do not reform. The last thing that you hear, and everybody hears this in the back of their mind, is that the Obelix will remember. And now you just have 10 mini oozes behind you and two on Einar. And uh, do you want to do anything with your next attack? Uh, How close am I to the mini oozes behind me? So the mini oozes are basically in a a two-line formation behind you about 15 feet. Einar's five feet behind you directly, and he's got two on his legs, and they're crawling up his thighs. Also, I just gained seven hit points. Yep, from uh, Hexblade's Curse. You did. Yep. Sabine has never desired to get near a man's thighs, so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll uh, run past Einar and try and great axe some mini Uzis. Okay, go ahead. You you get to swing at the one. Another I mean, soft twenty. Yep, that hits. I'll say good news is they're right at your height. They are floating on top of the switch. I was gonna say, is that a short jump? No, it's because I'm so tall. Man, that thing only wants to roll threes I don't tonight. Like, I don't like this. Detail. That's yours though. I think I'm aware. Okay, yeah, eight damage. Okay. Boy, don't use mine. That's mine. My curse is We're married. So as one of these small oozes pops out of the sewage and reaches a small tendril at you, you bat it down with the blunt end of your axe and it hits into the sewage and then floats back up. It looks a bit stunned, but it's still alive. Yeah. All right. Eugene, you are next on the initiative. All right, so I will uh, Scorching Ray the three nearest mini-oozes. Okay, go ahead and roll the hit for all three of them. Yep. Remember to take a D6 off of each of them. Yep. So that's 18 on one. Uh, zero for another. Okay. And uh, 12 for another. Okay, so two of them miss, and I'll take the liberty of saying you back up Sabine, and you shoot the one that Sabine's wrestling with. All right. Make it easier for the DM to keep track of health. All right. You said two of them miss? Yep. Okay. So the, the zero and the 12 miss, but the 18 hits. 10 damage. So... As Sabine lifts her axe up to come down for another swing, you kind of lean to the side 
and give a little like finger gun with your third ray, the two others go wide, but that third one comes in right under Sabine's arm and blows up the small who's in front of her. Cool. Um, and I'm still concentrating on the pillar of fire. So just so you know, that creature is dead in the center, but it is up. Yeah, uh, I kind of see it as providing light. It is it is illuminating the entire tunnel. There is nothing that escapes your elf eyes. <laughs> so that's it. All right. Osmit, you're up. I will take a five-foot scooch to try and get the ones on Einar's legs. Some storybook justice. One passes, one fails. The one that fails will take eight. The one that passes will take four. Okay. And then I will run the rest of my movement to try and encompass as many in the group of ten that I can, bringing my spiritual weapon with me 20 feet. Okay, so you use the rest of your movement to trudge through this thick and heavy sludge at this point, because now you have multiple slime bodies filling up the crevice, and I'll say you get about half of them. Let's do it. Well, one of them gets a natural 20, and the rest die in storybook justice. Bah! I assume anything less than a 5 does not make it, so... No, definitely not. Okay. Uh, this will be 16 to all the ones that failed, and 8 to the one that's passed. So, your knights just come in, and it was apparently their job in the celestial plane to kill oozes as they run through, like a set of cavalry blowing through... Infantry with no swords. Beautiful. Just like I imagined. And uh, was the spiritual weapon able to get to anyone? Yeah. I'll argue that you can swing at one of the ones that's trying to fend off one of your knights. All right. Uh, that will be a 25. Yep. So that one dies if you can do one damage to it. Because it's and one of the ones that failed. And then I will turn around and try to imitate Eugene using my action to finger gun blast one of those off of Einar's legs with a ray of frost. Okay. Is it uh, a deck we... save or a roll? It's roll, right? Yeah. Yeah, 22 to hit. 22 hits. I assume you're going to hit the weaker one. Yeah, that'll be 11 plus 5. 16 points of cold damage. So that one freezes up into an icicle and shatters into pieces as it falls into the hot sewage. At this right. point, you notice that the sewage around Eugene's pillar of fire is starting to actually bake into a solid crust. I'm sure that smells lovely. It does. It does. You good with your turn, Oz? Yeah, sorry, that's all for me. You good? Isby, the mighty owl bear. You see Sabine hey. surrounded by eight remaining oozes and one on Einar's leg. Einar is about five feet away from you. Sabine is about 15. And Bob she's had such a good turn. I was wondering if there was anything left to do. <laughs> uh, there's still plenty of action. <laughs> um, I'll run up towards the group of them that are near. Okay. So you're going to swat at one or two of them? I'm going to do my beak attack first. Yep. Uh, 23. Yep. 23 hits. 22. 22. So both attacks hit. Mm, you there? 
Mm. Is anybody there? I'm here. Oh. I'm here. Good, I'm not alone in the darkness. Because I'm never going to dance again. Isby, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. So I heard that you rolled a 23 to hit. Me too. A 22, yep. So that's your beak attack, right? All right, so go ahead and roll damage. Unless you want to, if you want to attack one of the ones that Oz weakened, it just dies. Oh, okay, I'll do that then. So you come down with your beak, get one in your mouth, and just rip it apart like a wild animal. Yeah, I'll do my claw attack. Okay. Mean one. Yep, that hits. That one dies too. And so you come in like a wild beast and just start tearing into these creatures, sundering their line if they were an actual form unit. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. All right. The remaining five in a plea of desperation will split between Oz and Sabine. Two going for Sabine, three going for Oz. Uh, at the start of their turn, wisdom save. Man, every time. All of them, too. Yep. They're all in there. Uh, all of them pass except for one. So the one that failed will take 13. The ones that pass will take six. So four of them will attack. Two at Oz and two at Sabine. Let's do this again. Uh, one misses, one hits. So two hit Oz and one hit Sabine. Uh, let's see. I need this. I need this. Sabine, you will take ten points of damage, six bludgeoning, four psychic. Oz, you will take fourteen points of damage, seven being psychic, seven being bludgeoning. As they just start to swarm on top of you, I think there's right. one. Oh, good. Oh, I was going to just let you know for concentrations. I got a 25 and a 20, so spirits maintain. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't worried about that. I didn't think they could do enough damage. Uh, there's one left on Einar, or did you get both of them? I only shot the one with the Ray of Frost. Right. So one's going to try and attack Einar and misses horribly. Somehow attached to his leg, he cannot find purchase. And that will take us to Einar. You're up with one ooze on your leg. Uh, I'm going to try and hit it. Yep, go ahead. Uh, so that was a nat 15. Yep. Plus a bunch. Yeah, 15 hits. <clears throat> and then it's a nat 16, so both hit. Yep. So it's going to be 13 damage and... 13 damage. So you just go to town on this thing. Basically so prying... If you don't mind, I'd like to like grab it off my leg, throw it against the wall, take the head of the maul, jam it into it, and then bring it up around and just one big one right against the wall. I only have one creative edit to it. As your maul finds its place in the wall, one of the cracks you know, gets larger and it looks like a lightning arc across the wall. What else would you like to do with your turn? 
Uh, that's it. That's all I really can do. Okay. We'll go back to the top. Logan, you see Oz with two oozes on him and Sabine with two oozes on her. They're about 20 feet away from you. So there's two oozes on Sabine and two oozes where? On Osmit, who are both 20 feet away from you, going back towards the opening of the tunnel, and they're side by side with each other. Cool. I'm going to move up. Yep. I'm going to take one on Sabine's leg and one on, one on, uh, or take one each. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Reckless? Actually, oh. are they close enough that I can cleave? Uh, the two, yeah, I'll argue you could cleave two and then hit one with your other cool. attack. Yeah, I'll, are they close enough to where I can cleave one on Sabine and one on Oz? Yeah. They're, if we think of those two standing next to each other and one's on each leg, then the two legs that are next to each other each have an ooze. Radical. Uh, I'm going to attack Reckless. Yeah. Uh, 22. That hits. All right. I need one of these, one of these, and one of these. This is a cleave. Mm-hmm. Five, six, seven, eight. 10, 11, 12, 12 piercing. Uh, actually, that's 16 piercing with the with the uh, uh, superiority die. Yeah, oh yeah. So it's 16 and then two lightning. So they both fall into the muck as you just, I know it says cleave, but basically what you do is you skewer the one on Sabine's leg, take a sharp left turn with your spear and skewer the other one making an ooze kebab. They aren't able to hold their form as lightning hits them and they drip down into the ooze. That is the sewer. Uh, and then I'll hit the other one on Sabine's leg. Okay, go ahead. Oh, two 15s. Hell yeah. They both hit. Uh, cool. That's not great. Uh, 10 damage, piercing, yep. and then one lightning. So you drive your spear down into the muck, pulling the ooze off of Sabine's leg. And at that point, the other one, the only one left on Osmet's leg, dies of fright and melts into uh, the sewage. I wanted to roll a dexterity saving throw. I'll roll it for you, bud. A two. Wow. Well, two plus four. It's a six. And it fails. And that's... Seven damage. So to honor your god, Rhaegar, you like to overkill. As the ooze drips into the sewage, you summon a bolt of lightning from your, you know, the hand and shoot it at the spot as the ooze dips into the liquid. Uh, I'm going to look Oz in the face and I'm like, <laughs> I love killing these things. You know what? With a big smile. All things considered, that went really well. Good Samaritans. Excellent job delivering the comeuppance. Thanks, Box. It is Chesterfield. You're right. Thanks, Chesterfield. The guy who plays me forgot your name, and he thought it would be some com comic relief if he just called you a box. I mean, I'm much more than a box. Please don't refer to me as such. Master, please ensure that he does not refer to me a box again. 
He really does have his own sentience. You're right. I'm sorry, Chesterfield. All is forgiven, chap. Ah, uh, cool. Um, I want to walk down the rest of that hallway. Okay. See if there's anything down there. So, with passive investigation, it seems strangely clean compared to the rest of the tunnels that you've been in. There's no mold, there's no grime buildup, and outside of the pool of sewage at the end of the tunnel, all of the stone seems to be very well cleaned and maintained. As you kind of peek through some of the cracks, you recognize the horror that this tunnel actually represents as the bones and personal belongings of what seem to be a significant number of individuals are stacked very neatly in these cracks to hide them from anybody who is just walking by, or at least they'd be very difficult to see. You... Uh, can, I, can I say I'm still in a rage? Yeah. Um, cool. I would like to start tearing away at these bricks. Yeah, go ahead and give me strength. You got it, boss. One second. That's athletics, right? Yep, yeah, it is. Uh, 26. So you just put your hands into one of the small cracks, barely enough for your fingers to fit through, and start pulling the bricks away. And as you do, the hole kind of gets bigger on its own as its structural integrity breaks after the first three or four bricks. And you all see a large, I don't want to call it a treasure trove, but similar to a dragon's hoard of bones, clothing, and personal belongings. It seems that whatever this creature was, you can assume based on what it said, the Oblex had a knack for keeping the effects of people after consuming them. These are like personal effects as in... So you see diaries, you see back, you see, you know, uh, leather satchels, you see a multitude of different clothings, and it's all stacked haphazardly. It's not neatly arranged, you know, in the pile of bones. You look in, you see a nice necklace, you see a another thing. Um, is there any way that I could grab the majority of this? Mm, so again, I want you to think about if you opened an average bedroom, the average dimensions of one of the bedrooms in your house, and it was just feel filled from floor to ceiling with bones and personal effects. If All you right. wanted to take hours to dig through it, you could get personal effects, but you would need a small cart to carry it all. Okay, um, that's fine. Um, we don't have any stones to talk to each other, do we? No. Uh, we've got the army repair ones, but that hurts. What's his name? Uh, okay. Um, I will first look to make sure there's no, uh, storm tribe barbarian stuff down there. Girl me an investigation check. Yep. Ooh, nice. I'll take that. Cool. I get a plus zero to this. Okay, that's not terrible. 16. There's nothing in there that suggests Storm Tribe origin. Most of it seems to be noble Night Vale citizens. There's some finery in there. And yep. some poor people's uh, things nothing that comes from your tribe which cool. i would be surprised if there was anything from your tribe in there just making sure yep 
Uh, didn't want to keep it down here in the doom and gloom. I'm going to put as many of those bricks as I can up and make a mental note to talk to Neil Onara to have his men come down here and see if he can find out who these people were. Okay. So it's at this point, Isby, you're still in your owl bear form, right? Yeah. You notice... I some... do one thing, so oh. I'm going to skin this as long as I can. Yeah. You notice something strange on your shoulder. It's a large spider, not the size of a dog or a cat, but large for a normal spider. And it seems to be watching from your shoulder what Logan's doing. You hear a deep sigh from a familiar voice as Kostia just goes, Oh, you've made so much work for me. Why? And everybody hears this. I'm just going to squawk. And I'm going to drink my greater healing potion. Ah. What is an owlbear doing here? And why? It's an owlbear. It's Isby. Isby? And Kostia gives you a strange look as a spider, the spider from your shoulder shoots a web and starts to crawl up Kostia's shoulder. As much as I can in owlbear form. Strange look back. It's my little owlbear head. Give me a performance check. Roll a dice. Had to keep being uh, for a while. No, you came in garbled. That. I can hear you now. Okay. I only rolled a 12. You give a reasonable impression of a raised eyebrow and a curious look, and Kostia goes, I guess it is you. Ah, Isby, good to see you. More importantly, why are you making so much work for a humble gravekeeper? Come out of my bear form. Ah, a neat trick. You see him turn to the spider on his shoulder. No, you cannot do that. Absolutely not. Me. So, really quick, for those of you who haven't met Kostia, he is a drow elf with very long hair that covers one of his eyes. He walks slightly hunched and seems to carry several cages. They resemble bird cages, but they have spiders crawling in and out of them. He also carries the standard gravekeeper shovel that is pulsing violently blue. As he speaks with bury the cubes? I assume no one else is going to bury them. So of course it falls to me. Then I guess. You gravekeepers should really think about cremation. I can't tell if that's a joke or not. I, he probably can't see my face. Not in your helmet. Nope. I'm gonna remove All right, well, move out of my way. I've had to bury enough these guild members today. I really don't want to do this. And he kind of pushes forth between all of you and makes his way to the hole that Logan was closing up. I'm going to stand there. What about their personal effects? Are you going to let their next of kin know? He stares at you blankly for just a second and then produces a very wide smile. 
No, I'm not. I'm going to bury them because no one will remember who they are. It's not, it's not true. There are people out there who could remember them. People out there that could be missing them. This is true, but from the commotion I heard, if I do not bury them quickly, we may have something else to contend with. I would like to do this efficiently, so that we may all live to go see those who we miss, who will miss us. Can you call another gravekeeper? This is a one-keeper job. I could call another one, but why would I? Can you keep their personal effects out? Mm. This does not break the code. I could do this. I'll put them in a pile here. And he points to an area two or three feet away from the hole. It makes it easier to bury them anyways. Could you hide it afterwards? Or on your way out, let Nilo Nara know that Logan found... Um, your pair found these bodies down here, and their personal effects are here for their next of kin. He rolls his eyes, and he says, If it will let me do my job, I will return the message when I return to the surface. In exchange, please move out of the way so I may do what I need to. I step out of the way. And he nods to you, and you see him start to... First, what he does is he splits the stone with his shovel as if it was a hot knife cutting through butter. And the stone parts for him, and it is very magical to watch. He begins um, to... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, just one more thing before he goes. I take my flask out. Um, I open it, and I pour water out on the bones, and I say, uh, whether Rhaegar was your god or not, let his thunder guide your way to your heavens. You see the gravekeeper give you a head tilt. Strange custom. Nice sentiment, though. I'll have to remember that. And he goes back to work. And you can see that he takes the shovel to scoop out bones and scoop out personal effects and separates them into two piles. Based on his speed, it will take him several hours to do it. Uh, speaking of remembering things, you said the Thieves Guilds kept you busy. Has something happened down there today or recently? You all ask so many questions. You don't... I am a gravekeeper. I do not care about what goes on in the Thieves Guild, what happens. I don't care why you're down here. I simply wish to bury these bodies to make my sentence complete for Marita. And you, elf, keep getting in the way along with... And he points towards Logan. I assume a member of the Storm Tribe. I will take that as a no, and you have a nice day, sir. You see him turn to one of the spiders on his arm. No, I don't think he wants to take you with him. He ignores your goodbye and gets back to work. And you guys hear the humming. He seems to be humming a song, and it's familiar to you as it was the humming from the previous tunnel. 
I say we make our way to the door. I concur. Onward, and I'll bill on my cape. Uh, how is uh, uh, Eugene looking? He drank his greater healing potion, so I assume better than he was. Okay, then. Yeah, I'm fine. Oz, how, how about you, man? Right is right. Okay. How are you, Logan? I'm fine. I don't... I don't think I got hit during that fight. I'm gonna be honest with you. Don't worry, that yeah. was that was the warm-up fight. That makes it more universal, but... Yeah, let's go. Oh, how am I? I'm feeling better. Really. It's good to hear. You at least seem like you got a little bit of catharsis. Let's see if we can find some more. Agreed. Uh, so as we're walking, I'm going to look down at my hands. Yeah. What do I see? You see Sylvia, and the memory has returned to you at this point. Everyone's memories have been restored. All right. You are still suffering from the memory drain effect, though, so until you take a long rest or get greater restoration, you take a d6 off of attack rolls and uh, ability checks. Yes, sir. All right. So you guys turn around about face and make your way down the tunnel, knowing that the next T section on your right should be this magnificent door that leads to the Thieves' Guild somehow. And based off of your positioning, Oz you are fairly certain that you are under the main gates of Nightvale, heading out towards Lake Town. When you guys get to the large opening in the tunnel, it really opens up for the T-section. The room becomes 20 or 30 feet high, and its width almost doubles or triples. On your right is a tunnel where you can see the glowing of candles and what seems to be in the distance, a door. But to your left, you hear the heavy trudging of boots coming from down that tunnelway. And you can see a large drain pipe at the end of that tunnel from about 50 feet away. You also hear very heavy breathing. Also, until 10 minutes after the fight have passed, or I say otherwise, I still have spirit guardians up. Yep, I assumed as much. Okay. No reason to take that down. Why blow the slot? So you guys see your goal in sight to the right, but you hear frantic panting and the trudging of heavy boots out of sight, but coming from the tunnel down to the left, which seems to end in a large center drain with iron bars across it. This is a busy place down here. Yeah. Um. Can I go into stealth? Yeah. Nothing is stopping you. There are plenty of small crevices and large pieces of debris to hide behind on both ends of the tunnel. It's not so much that I want to hide. It's that I want to make sure my footsteps are quiet. Okay. This is easy, as the walkway provides you a very solid surface to walk on. Uh, how wide is the opening we hear the um, hear the footsteps coming down? 
similar yeah. it's similar to the tunnel you came through so think about it you come into this large center room and directly to your left is a tunnel about the same size that seems to lead off into another direction and directly to your right is a tunnel that leads to what you can assume is your goal and then in front of you is this just large open reservoir where multiple drain pipes are pouring into the center there's a walkway in front of you and it's about a 15 foot drop to the sewage line in this open room. Logan seems right. to be Logan. I assume you're stealthing and making your way off to the left or the right. I rolled an 11. Okay. Uh, and I want to s- try to make my way to where I can s- like, I want to quietly scout up and see if I can see what has the heavy boots. Okay. So I'll wait. Does anybody else want to do anything? I'm going to move to that bridge directly in front of the door mm-hmm. at Stone Bridge and just stand there with the uh, the mall over one shoulder. You got it. So I would like to gesture to Logan to wait. Yeah, I'll wait. So I'm going to cast a major image over the entranceway to make it appear as if it's just from both sides of a wall. Okay. That it's a dead end. That happens. Uh, And also for an auditory effect, um, that if they were to yell at the wall, it would echo back at them as if it were a wall. I accept all of this. Okay. So do you just wait to see what comes through? I do. Okay. Logan, you you see these effects happen. So a quick visual explanation. You wait about 15 seconds and the panting gets louder, but seems you, you pick up on the pitch of it. It seems much more high pitched as if it were a, a young girl running through the sewers. And you, Logan, assume you're staring at it, catch just a glimpse of it as someone with a red hood barrels past the drain they don't come down towards you but they keep running in the direction of the adjoining tunnel and less than 10 seconds later you see monstrous humanoids in size at least they're quite large in heavy bronze and copper armor with glowing red eyes and arbalists the size of small tree trunks two of them out of the five seem to be carrying heavy mauls as they pursue this person and assuming you guys take no action the panting and the heavy boots continue off in the new direction until you can't hear them anymore cool uh i didn't say this before but i would have collected my lightning i assumed Uh, okay cool i just wanted to say it yeah you're good so assuming you don't want to pursue them you see Einar standing on the bridge on the adjacent tunnel with his ball at the ready. This tunnel leads to the door of the Thieves' Guild. Einar, you've confirmed this at this point. I'm going to look at him and just give him like a, a little like shake of the head no that we're not going to pursue. And then uh, you see him visibly like he don't hear it so much as see it. Kind of like sigh and shake his head a little. And then uh, I'll point at the door. 
I'll move down the down the walkway towards it. Okay. So anybody go that way, or do we want to explore anything else before we head to the door? Nope. I'm heading to the door. Sabine, Isby, we good? Okay. Sabine, Sabine will be fine. <laughs> I figure she's asleep already, but... Uh, Sabine uh, ended up not feeling very well, so she took... She is not... She went to bed early. That's fair. So, you all make your way down the tunnel, and as you do, you start catching the scent of lavender and citrus. The smell of the sewer is dissipated by what seems to be incredibly sweet perfumes. And the further you go in the tunnel, the more you notice that the end of the tunnel seems to be illuminated by candlelight. As you approach this large door, 10 feet wide and 15 feet high, on either side at the end of the tunnel are what looks like small shrines made up of candles, coins, and flowers, with two very distinct symbols on either side of the door. One is a skeletal hand, enclosed in a silver circle, and on the other end is a key, where all of the teeth of the key happen to be skulls as well. The door itself is made of a golden oak. An effigy of a skull is carved into it, with the mouth agape, and a crown above it with six colored gems floating on the tips of each crown. The eyes are carved as deep holes, and the teeth are drawn or carved to look like dwarves and elves that are crammed into the outlines of the teeth. They look like they're suffering. And you are in front of this large door. It smells really nice over there. I'll look back at the rest of the party and say, hand me the key, hand me the uh, coins. I will hand him the coins. I'll pull one in each eye. So, Einar, as you kind of have to climb up a little bit to get to the eyes, you notice that the holes are pretty deep. You're going to have to stick your arm in an unknown length to throw the coins in, or to insert the coins, unless you just want to toss them in. No, I'll, I'll insert them in. Okay. So you reach one hand in and I assume cautiously feel around and you feel a socket that is about the size of the coin. You push it in and you hear a very satisfying. Hmm? I didn't say anything. Okay. I thought I heard somebody. You put the coin into the slot and hear a very satisfying click as it depresses in. You repeat the process for the next one and the door starts to shake. And slowly opens. And as it opens, you realize that the crack or the the center of the door is right where you are. And I assume you jump off before it makes you do a split. Yeah. And the door opens up to this incredibly long tunnel. It's a single person wide and two people tall. And there's a light at the end of it, but the light seems impossibly far away. The water that comes out of the door is a crystal clear water. The stones that it washes over are pure white. And it's about, we'll say, halfway up your foot. So not ankle height, but right above the line where your foot becomes your instep. As this water washes out. Take some of that clean water and start washing the blood off. It works. Of my armor. Yeah. The water cleans your armor very well. As the blood has not dried yet. 
and I'll resummon the uh, mall made of storms and motion my head and start walking in. Okay. Anybody else? Outside of the door. You take a nap outside of the door? <laughs> Let's do this. Assuming everybody wants to go in. Yep. Yeah. Sabine definitely does. I believe it. Oh. You all go in and to save time, it takes you about an hour to walk down this tunnel. But everything about it says that it's frequently used. The walls are perfectly clean. The water is crystal clear. And it looks like a very well-maintained entryway. But in the entire time that you walk down it, you do not see or hear another soul. And you just keep walking towards this bright light at the end of the tunnel. After about an hour's worth of traveling, the light breaks. And you all find yourself in what I hope is a surprising sight. Everybody takes in all of these sights at once. But what you see is a very busy, bustling market in front of you. Lots of trading is going on. People are doing having discussions. The key thing is that the color scheme seems to be six primary colors, being gems, uh, citrines, emeralds, sapphires, rubies, diamonds, jets. Everything is colored in one of those six colors as far as the tarps and the canopies of each cart or tent. And behind them are six very large, ominous buildings that are three stacked. There are three rows, or I'm sorry, three in a row on either side of this entrance. And this, the spacing between them is hundreds of feet. Above you looks to be an almost infinite black void, but you can just barely make out the seams of a dome several hundreds of feet above you. And Logan... As you're looking to your left and your right, kind of absorbing this, what seems to be endless abyss, you see a fish bump up against the barrier of the dome and then swim back into the darkness. <laughs> cool. So the last thing that you guys see before I'll let you have a couple of minutes is at the end of what seems to be this runway, if you will, of large buildings, six large buildings next to each other, at the end of that run is what seems to be a very lavish mansion. It's very difficult to make out the details from where you are, but at the end of it, it seems to be a an agglomeration of all of the symbols of the Thieves' Guild. The skeletal key, the skull, the crown, the jewels, all of it seems to have a place in that mansion way off in the distance. And that's when people start to notice you. The one thing that probably was the first thing a couple of you noticed and the last thing the rest of you noticed is that everybody in here follows a certain dress code, which none of you are currently following. And people start to notice you and whisper as they button up their black cloaks with their silver brooches. You guys are in the Thieves' Guild. Cool. Uh, Logan's going to look around. And he's still going to have a shield on his back. But he's going to be walking with the spear out. Not in an aggressive way. More of like a, a walking stick. Just to show them that he you know, doesn't want to be accosted. 
Okay. Um, and then he's going to look over to Eugene. And say, hey, Eugene. Um, yeah. I need you to amplify my voice. Oh, man. So I just want to be clear. There are hundreds of people in black robes. Correct. I will also, before you say anything, I just want to make sure this is clear so you understand the situation. You do not see a single person that does not have some kind of armament on them, whether it be a crossbow, a short sword, hidden daggers, etc., etc. Even the short people who could be children in here are armed. But please, go ahead. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to say loudly, and I will... Cast minor illusion. Okay. Hey, I trust him to to amplify his voice. I am Logan Stormblast. I am here on a quest to speak to one of your leaders. If you can point me in the right direction, that'd be great. Uh, Einar keeps tilting his head over and whispering to Logan, Cobb, we're looking for Cobb. Oh, we're looking for Cobb. Roll a persuasion check. If anybody can boost it, now is the time. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I can. Guidance help? Guidance would help? I would like to cast Guidance. And that will uh, give him an extra deeper. All right. Oh, I wrote a four on that. What's the total? So all, all in all, it's a 16. So you hear approximately 100 clicks that sound like a crossbow being clicked. And many people reach for their swords, but not everybody. The crowd seems to be split as to what to do with you as there's a lot of discussion going on. Well, I'm going to be out in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, I figured you separated yourself from the rest of the party by about 10 or 15 feet. Oh, no way. I'm standing right next to him with them all on both shoulders. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Isby's off to the side, just kind of like acting like a regular person. Okay. And I assume Sabine is kind of just minding her own business, looking for the nearest mead house. Yeah, Sabine's seeing if anybody has a flask. So as Logan says this, and there seems to be confusion between everybody, Einar recognizes someone approach from the crowd with a very wry smile on it. It is a tabaxi man with the emerald butterfly talisman around his chest, and he takes a very deep bow in his citrine robes in front of everybody. Hi, my name is Agora, and I'd be happy to take you to Cobb. I will have to ask for your weapons. This seems like a horrible idea. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's negative, Ghost Rider. And the weapon. So, I'm familiar with one of your compatriots, and this may not be obvious to the rest of you, but... There are 300 
people behind me with swords and crossbows. I have no idea who you are except for that one. But I would definitely take the odds of them killing you before you killing all of them. Which one does he point at? Einar. Oh. Einar, you recognize him as Agora. Oh, I, I knew who he was. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, from, from the helmet, you hear roll out like thunder. Here, kitty, kitty. I was just making sure it wasn't Sabine. It is not Sabine. The... It have to be Sabine. Uh, yeah. Listen here, but I'm not planning on hurting anyone. Uh, I just really want to talk. I can put the spear away, mm-hmm. but this is an artifact of my uh, of my tribe. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, but again, the situation you find yourself in is a bit more precarious than you realize. Uh, let me explain it to you. This is a secret place. For Thieves Guild members, you have used a door that maybe gets used once or twice a year. I'm not even sure where you acquired two lieutenant's coins to begin with, but all of that is irrelevant. Everyone behind me is deciding whether to shoot you or take you prisoner. I am offering you an alternative. There's no negotiation. You have three choices. Uh... I, and I'm not the arbiter of them. I do not make the choices. I'm simply presenting them to you. As I have a previous relationship, as I mentioned, with the, one of your associates. He was very good to me. Uh, you're either going to be killed by a hail of crossbolts followed by a flurry of blades, or you're going to be poisoned and taken prisoner until we find out who told you about Cobb. And lastly... <laughs> I give him a wink. Yeah, no, he he's dead-eyeing you as he says that. And lastly, I am offering you a, a third option in which you give me your weapons and I say that you're my bodyguards. You may enter here, but not armed. You are not members of the Thieves' Guild. You have about... I'll give you 15 seconds to comply before I make my will away. I just want to ask about the dome. I just have one question as well. I don't think you have time to ask questions. I'll set I'll set the I'll set the spear down. Okay. Uh how much how many uh thousands of gallons of water do you think is sitting over above our heads? More than there is gold in the king's treasury. How many of you can breathe underwater? Quite a few of us, actually. That's a contingency plan, but... More, really? More importantly... No way. Yep. Well, there goes that plan out of the water. More importantly, uh, I really wish you would hit the dome. Go ahead. No, I'll kick the spear over to him. I am getting that back, by the way, right? Of course! You're in the Thieves' Guild. No honor among... Or there's honor among thieves. You know that. I don't believe you. Uh, would you like to die? I can, I can just walk away. So, can I sidebar a message cantrip with Oz? Yeah, that'll that'll be your only action. Yep. Um, hey, can we keep our weapons in your chest and you hand that over and it can come <laughs> running and find us if we need it? <laughs> 
That would be asking a lot of Chesterfield. I kind of just made him. Which, by the way, I'm going to assume that entering the Thieves Guild and seeing everybody, Chesterfield instinctually jumped on your back to pretend to be an inanimate object. Unless you oh, I, have him, I have him there unless otherwise specified because his movement speed is only five feet. Right. So just to be clear so that everybody else in the party understands that nobody in the Thieves Guild saw Chesterfield like magically pop onto Oz's back. I can see him just shimmying down the thing. <laughs> also, he doesn't move very fast. He would be. That's it. Yeah, that's great. Okay, just an idea. And I'll take my short sword and drop it on the ground. Anyone else? I walk up to him. I move the maul out in front of me and I hand it to him with both hands. He takes it from you and smiles as he licks a fang. And as soon as you release the weight, it falls no, to the ground. No, no, oh. no, no, no. It stays. I mean, does he drop it? No, no, like, he tries to, you try to hand it to him, right? Okay. He tries to hold it, and I assume you would have released the weight. Yeah. It falls to the ground. It is too heavy for him to hold. Uh, and then I'll back up five feet, and then it disappears. Ah, oh, we have people like you. Don't worry. I'll fix that. You keep your maul in its pocket dimension for now. All that. Not Does he not? So I do have the sword on my on my hip, though. You are gonna have to drop that. He's he's not gonna let that go. He's debating. Yep. Think about it, Isby. What are you doing? I am gonna detonate for my quarter staff, my dagger. Pull that. Agora looks at from Logan. Agora looks at you for a long second, Isby, and goes, "I don't mean to be rude, but would you happen to have hidden weapons, my lady?" Oh, my quarterstaff. here. He believes you. There's something about you. I don't know, but you seem more dangerous than the others. I'm going to keep a close eye on you. I get that a lot, and I wink at If a tabaxi could blush, you would see the red under his cheeks as he kind of averts his eyes from you and goes back to uh, Osmit and Einar looking at this. We're going to assume that Sabine has been counting the number of Thieves Guild members and finally goes, ah, I can't take all 300 of them, and puts all, puts all of the axes down. I will aggressively lean on my shepherd's crook. I'm going to walk up to Agora again, mm -hmm. unbuckling the sword bill. Mm -hmm. One caveat to your little deal. You hold this and don't leave my side. And I make sure Cobb never knows where I learn, learn to live from. You ask a lot for a second date, but I'll oblige you. And you can see a bit of a nervous tick in his eye when you mention that you know that you clearly know of the exchange you guys had and you're using it as leverage against him. He nervously ticks at that, but plays it off as though he's doing you a favor. Yeah. And um, 
Excuse me, I don't like calling people by their races. He points to you, Osmit. What is your name? Uh, Osmit. Osmit, a majestic name for your for your race. Um, you can't tell me that that is not a weapon. I will also need your shield. Uh, the shield <laughs> was... Oh, God damn it. All right. Wonderful. Ah... Uh, Give me one second. Marco, Dakra, come here. And you see two very muscular people in black leather, both humans, come and start collecting all of the weapons except for Einar's sword, which Agora almost... How do I put this? Uh, snidely or rudely puts it over his belt and peacocks around a little bit with it. And uh, we will end the episode. I just noticed it's 9.02. As you all are being led, unbound, to the first large building on the right, which seems to have a very unique appearance compared to a lot of the carts in the front. You'll notice that strange trees, and for lack of a better name for them right now, trees that resemble our palm trees are scattered in the front courtyard of this large building. Citrine seems to be the main color theme. And like many things that Tabaxi enjoy, there are a lot of climbing posts and poles. This is somewhat of an acrobatic show as you show up and you see different cat people jumping off and leaping off of the building into smaller cloves around it, seeming to carry messages and other things. And you come to this front door, and we'll end it right there. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. My name is Scott Riley. I am your story master. We will outro with, first off, Sabine. May she rest well. Followed up by Logan, the slime killer. Yeah, I was going to break that glass, man. I wish you had. <laughs> I wanted to, but then I was just like, I didn't have to worry about anybody except for Einar. But then I was just like, oh, he's got his god. They'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll follow that up with Einar, who uh, who got to see his best friend again. That was fun. Also, not going to lie, I'd probably die in that scenario. Yeah, um, I, w- I would think so. There are... I, I, I'm in heavy armor. I don't breathe underwater. Nope. And you can surmise that you are in the lake in Lake Town. We'll follow that up with uh, Osmit, who is very intelligent in having created a sentient chest that can act as a spy in this terrible time for them all. Absolutely. However, after 30 days, he evaluates our friendship and decides if he wants to stay. I think this is a boon. I think this is a plus. (laughs) And we'll follow that up with uh, Eugene, who, uh, pillar of flame right in the center of sewage, man. I like it. You gotta bake that brown somehow. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, we'll we'll take it up a notch and say I'll start by apologizing to Isby. I will promise that you will get more owl bear time. It, it just got too powerful of a party. Yeah. Well, the, the ooze was supposed to be the warm up combat. There are other combats, quote unquote, planned before a long rest, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, is that everybody? I got Eugene Isby. Oz, Einar, Logan. Yeah, Sabine. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.